All right, kids, you ready? Y'all ready? All right, calm down, calm down, calm down. All right, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon. Of the Bible, can I find creation in? What about the birth of the church? Acts 2, good job. What about the birth of Jesus? Matthew 1, good job. The Ten Commandments. Exodus 20. Exodus 20, man alive, y'all are killing it. All right, what about the Sermon on the Mount? Sermon on the Mount. Adults, what's Sermon on the Mount? Matthew 5, 6, and 7. What about... Did I say the flood yet? No. Where's the flood? Genesis. No, not that high. Not that high. Six. You skipped it. Trip said eight, seven, five. All right. Genesis. Where's the flood? Genesis six. Genesis six. What about... What about... Paul on Mars Hill. Acts 17. Who said it? Somebody said it. Good job, buddy. Good job. What? Let's see here. Somebody show me how to, how to say Jesus in sign language. How do you say Jesus in sign language? Yep. Take your middle fingers and do like this. And then do like this. This is how you say Jesus, okay? Why do we do this when we're saying Jesus? Because he had his nails in his hand. That's right. Does anybody remember the name of the man who wanted to see the nails in Jesus' hands? Do you remember? Thomas. Good job. Good job. All right. Y'all want to sing a song? Let's sing Jesus Loves Me. You want to sing Jesus Loves Me? All right. You sang that in Bible class too? Well, then you've got breakfast today. Ready?
Actually, singing with an A. All right, I'm just kidding. How far? How far? There we go. It's okay. I say I say singing too sometimes. All right, let's see here. Um, I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna pick a really hard question. I'm gonna pick a really hard question. Are you ready? Are you all ready? Somebody tell me how. Somebody tell me how to say Church of Christ in sign language. How do you say it? Show me how. That's right. Take a C, bounce it on your hand, and then what do you do with it? Then you make the sash, right? So Church of Christ. Good job. All right, let's sing our last song, and then I'll let you go sit down. Ready? I know the Lord will make a way for me. Alrighty, alrighty. Uh, let's see here. Um, as far as prayer requests, we have Cheryl Williams, who's at home. Um, who else? Does anybody have any new ones or updates? Neil Kindred? All right, Neil Kindred, uh, Cheryl Williams, who else? Anybody have any prayer requests? Yes, ma'am. Good deal. They'll leave Wednesday. Do you know what day they'll be back? Probably be about a week, I would think. Two weeks. Gaines family. All right. Um, Brooke, that rem- I, I don't know why that reminded me. Do you know when Junebug is yet? June 15th and 16th is Junebug. Um, I spoke with Steve Johnson, who is at um, the metropolis of Arab. The 14th and 15th. Steve Johnson is one of the preachers at Arab. Uh, he is also the director of Junebug, and so he called this past week and asked that we start announcing it so that um, we can get our families. That's for essentially kids that aren't old enough to go to camp, but I think there's a cutoff at like three. What's the age? Okay. 
fourth, anything, newborn to fourth grade, basically. So if you want to take your kids to that, you're more than welcome to. I'll get some more information. We'll put it in the bulletin as soon as we can. Um, any other prayer requests or announcements or anything like that? Recipes, ladies, uh, you, I, uh, I need you, we need you, y'all need you. I don't know how to word that. Anyways, recipes, please bring a couple of your favorite recipes and give them to Miss Sherry so she can type them up uh, at the ladies' day next month, about a month away. Um, we're going to have some uh, recipe books with all of y'all's recipes as kind of the congregation's recipes. So make sure you give those to Sherry um, as soon as possible, preferably by this Sunday, this next Sunday, so that she can get them typed up and we can get them in and ready to go. Yes. Tuesday, uh, ladies, ladies Bible study. Yep. All right. And he already has one type of leukemia, correct? So, Sonny Bullock, we need to be remind, remembering him in our prayers especially. Um, anyone else? Don't forget, the fellowship meal next week has been moved to the 24th for our gospel meeting. So, And pancake mix. Okay, all right. Here, I have one better for you. You ready? Go buy some pancake mix. And then bring us a recipe for your own kind of pancakes. And that will remind you to be pancake mix. I don't know. Anyways. Alright. Let's go ahead and get started with worship. Is that, is that all our prayer requests and whatnot? Alright. Let's go ahead and pray and then we'll, I'll turn it over to Gary. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the chance to come together again. We pray that the worship service this morning was uh, glorious to your name. And also glorifying to your name. And also this afternoon, Father. We thank you for everything you do for us. We thank you for our church family. We pray that you will be with those that are dealing with medical issues or other issues, Father, um, and help us to encourage them and strengthen them in whatever we, we can. We pray that you'll help us to use Fishers of Men and, and everything that's going on at our congregation to help other people learn about the gospel. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. It's all yours.
day. And so, if you want to, you can go ahead and open up to Exodus chapter 6. Exodus chapter 6, that'll be our first stop in answering the questions that were asked this month. And they are some doozies. Um, so, what you laughing at? Anyways, all right. Um, these, these questions really, uh, I thought, were, were really interesting. Um, one of them was asked online, and then the other was asked in our Q&A box uh, at the back. So, are you ready? Let's go ahead and just dive right in. Question number one. What was God's name, or what is God's name, rather? What is God's name, and does that play into how we talk about him? Um, what is God's name, and how does that play into how we talk about him? This one is probably on set because um, of, well, let's just, let's just show our cards here, okay? We're doing Fishers of Men course, right? Those of you who are involved in the Fishers of Men course, you probably realized if this past week, um, you will realize this week as we get into the, the study this week, um, we're, we're learning how a specific, a specific way of communicating the gospel. So we're learning which questions to ask, when to ask them, we're having those questions given to us so that we can practice asking them and that sort of thing. I don't know if you know this, but we are not the only religious group that practices asking people questions. Um, there is a religious group in, in the world today that's very, very evangelistic that uses this as one of their questions. Do you know the name of God? They've probably come and knocked on your door at some point and asked, do you know the name of God? I have a feeling that's where this question came from, uh, but maybe not. But nonetheless, it's a really good question because realistically, if we're going to focus so much on how we worship him, how we talk about him, and those sorts of things, it's important for us to, to learn his name if he has a name. And if he does have a name, it's important for us to figure out, does that have any bearing on how we talk about him? The name for God given in Scripture is also called the Tetragrammaton. Okay, that's a big word that means four letters. Y-H-W-H. Now, Y-H-W-H is usually pronounced in English, Yahweh. You've heard, you've heard of people calling God Yahweh before, right? That phrase is used 6,800 times in the Old Testament, Y-H-W-H, the four letters, the Tetragrammaton, 6,800 times. It's the most common way of referring to God, the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament, the monotheistic creator of the universe. That's the most common way that the Bible chooses to name him in the Old Testament. In English, if you have translations like the American Standard Version, or if you have translations like the New American Standard Version, that term Yahweh is translated Jehovah. Okay? That term in King James and all of the subsequent derivatives of King James Version, like New King James, 
um, to, to some degree, ESV, Christian Standard Bible, those sorts of things. All of the derivatives of that use a term, Lord, but there's a difference. If you have a King James Version, you look at it, you have a New King James Version, you look at it. In the Old Testament, if you see the word Lord in all capitals, that's the Hebrew word YHWH, Yahweh. Okay? So, the Old Testament, 6,800 times that phrase is used. Exodus chapter 6, verse 3, is one of the few times that the King James Version uses Yahweh and translates it Jehovah. Okay? So, Exodus chapter 6 and verse 3. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but, my na- but by my name Jehovah was not known to them. Okay, Jehovah. The group that practices asking that question is finds it important to ask that question because they go by that name, Jehovah. The Jehovah's Witnesses, right? So they practice asking, do you know the name of God to start that conversation? Now, there's nothing wrong with asking that question because what we're going to see is it's pretty, pretty interesting when you dive deep into it what the actual name of God really is. Exodus chapter 6, verse number 3, says His name is Yahweh or Jehovah. All right? Psalm chapter 83, verse 18, is one of the other four times in the King James Version that the word Jehovah is used. Uh, Psalm 83, verse 18, that men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the most high over all the earth. Four times the word Jehovah is used. Now, this is going to be somewhat contrarian to the group that uses this question as a means to start evangelism. Um, let's talk about what the word Jehovah means, okay? Y-H-W-H. If you have a piece of paper, you have your bulletin or something like that, and you have a pen, write those letters down. Y-H-W-H. Now, the problem is that the Jews thought Y-H-W-H was so holy, that that name was so superior to, to mankind, which it is if it's the name of God, that they would not say it. If they wrote Y-H-W-H, they would first cleanse themselves, get a new pen, new ink, write the name, throw that pen and ink away, then take, a, then take a ritual cleansing as well, and then finish writing. Every time of the 6,800 times they wrote the word Yahweh in the Old Testament, that's what they did to write it. They would not say that word. So because of that, we don't know how they pronounced it. We have no, we have no way of knowing how ancient Hebrews pronounced the name that God gave himself in Exodus 6 and verse 3. And so, in English, we say Yahweh because Yahweh sounds like Yahweh. And we just spell it out and add our own vowels in there. We don't know what vowels they used. The word Jehovah comes from Yahweh. The only catch is, there's another word. King James Version, every time the word Lord is capitalized, that's the word Yahweh. Anytime the word Lord is not capitalized, it's the word Adonai. A-D-O-N, 
A-I. Write that one down. Adonai. Okay. So, in order to come up with the word Jehovah, they took the consonants from Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton, Y-H-W-H, and the vowels from Adonai, A-O-A, and they combined them. And so you have Y A H O W A H Yahowah 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 changed into the English language is Jehovah. So the way they got the name Jehovah is they took the name of God and another word that means God and they combine the two. So, next time a friendly group of people come to knock on your door and they say, do you know the name of God? You can say, yes. His name is YHWH. We don't know how to pronounce it. The reason why you say Jehovah is because of this. And you can inform them on something. Does that mean that calling him Jehovah is wrong? No. Does that mean calling him Adonai is wrong? No. Or Yahweh? No. Or God? Or Lord? No. And the reason for that is because God is not a God of the Hebrew language. Okay? There's no reason to believe that the God that wrote the Bible that we follow is interested in keeping the language alive. In fact, if it were not for modern day Jews, the the Hebrew language would be all but extinct. The Greek language that he wrote the New Testament in is all but extinct. Greek is a language still today, but the Greek that, the, that Paul wrote and spoke and the Greek that someone living in Greece today speaks and writes are not the same language. The Greek that the New Testament was written in is called Koine Greek. Okay, It's dead. They don't use it anymore. You can see similarities if you were go, to go to Greece and you knew the Greek language in the New Testament. You would see that, you know, an entrance is also the word ace, and ace in the New Testament means into. And there are similarities, but the fact of the matter is, the Greek language that the New Testament was written in is all but dead. If the language and pronunciations were so important to God, those languages would not have died. Because, I can prove it, the scriptures are so important to God, and they didn't die. But the languages did. If it it weren't for the Bible, no one would ever care about Koine Greek ever again. But they do because the Bible's written in it, and that's the only reason. So, our God is not a God of languages. He, he, He does not worry about translations. Now, Let's look at this. I'm going to switch back to the ESV from from here on out. But, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 10. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 10. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth from the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up like a garment. They will be changed, but you are the same and your years will have no end. That is a quotation of Psalm chapter 102, verse 25. That says, are you ready? 
Verse 21 really is the, is, verse 21 and 22 is the context. Hebrews 1 is a translation, a quotation rather, of Psalm 102, where the word Yahweh is used to talk about God. But then when you go to the New Testament, and that passage, Psalm 102, verse 22 through 27, is quoted in the New Testament, the writer of Hebrews, writing to Hebrews who know Old Testament Hebrew language, uses a Greek word to say the name of God. Thaos, which just means deity. Just means God. So if God is so interested in His name being preserved through history, why did He use a generic name for God in a Greek word, in a Greek text where He's quoting Hebrew? He translated it. So the name of God is acceptable, and apparently by the eyes of God, is acceptable to be translated into other languages. Does that mean it's wrong to call him Jehovah? No. Or Yahweh or Adonai? No. I will caution you that there, is a, there are a lot of people who say we should call him Yahweh, Adonai, uh, Jehovah, so forth, just to be contrarians. They just want to be different. They just want to seem like they know more than you. And so they say, you know, you should call him Jehovah. Well, Jehovah isn't really his name either. You made that up. Well, you should call him Yahweh. Well, that's fine. But Luke and Paul, when they wrote the book of Hebrews, didn't use the word Yahweh. They used a plain old Greek word that means God. Now, that bears light on other things, like today. If you're a Christian, and you live in an Arab-speaking world, Arabic-speaking world, you have a problem. And that is the Greek, sorry, the Arabic word for God, our English word God, is Allah. And the problem is, you have a Christian living in an Arabic speaking world. He wants to say the word God and he means the God of the Bible. Does he use the word Allah or does he use an English word? Here's my argument. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse number 4. So, if there ever is a person who lives in an Arabic world, world that hears this online or something, and has this question, here's my argument. 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 4. Therefore, as also eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol is, has no real existence. And that there is no God but one. For although there are many so-called gods in heaven and on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Verse number, what is that? Verse... Number five, as indeed there are many gods and many lords. Back to Hebrews chapter one. He uses the Greek word thaos to speak of God. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter eight, he uses the Greek word thaos to speak of God. He also uses the Greek word thaos to speak of fake gods. And we do it in English, right? There's the 
little g God, which means what? A fake God. We just read it, right? And the big G God. Those are the same word, right? Can we admit that even though you, you can capitalize the D, it's still the same word? It doesn't seem like the writers of the Bible were focused, at least in the New Testament times, on keeping his name in the Hebrew language. They used generic terms to speak of deity, and they said, all these people think of all these different gods as all these, different, all these other theos, but we know that there's only one theos, the God that created us, the God for whom are all things and by whom are all things. There's one Lord through whom are all things and through whom are, or for whom are all things. So, here's my argument. I don't think the name of God plays a big part in how we talk about him. I don't think if you're in a Hebrew-speaking area, you're going to use the word Yahweh. If you're in an English-speaking area, you're going to use the word God. If you're in an Arabic-speaking area, you're going to use the word Allah. It does not matter as long as you know what you're talking about. If I say... I heard a person the other day say that my God is stats, statistics, truth. It's the same crazy guy that I was talking about in in sermon this morning. Anyways, he said, my God is truth. My God is stats, statistics, analysis. That's the same word as the word I use when I talk about my God that created me and created you and holds us and the one I'm going to follow and the one I'm going to try to teach you how to follow. It's the same word. The context is different. I'm talking about the one true God. He's talking about some fake God that he came up with on his own accord. The important thing when we're talking about God is that we understand our relationship with him, not the language we're using to speak about him. And not, I mean, by language, like the actual language, Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, English, Spanish, so forth. Um, Aramaic, uh, Arabic and whatnot. The important thing is our relationship with him, not so much the word we use. Now, does that mean that we can just talk about him however we want and say things that would, frankly, in my opinion, be not holy, not reverent toward him, like the big guy upstairs and stuff? I can't say you're sinning if you say that, but I think you're really mistaken in who God is. So, what's the name of God? In the Old Testament, he plain out says his name is Yahweh, or Y-H-W-H. But in the New Testament, that doesn't seem to have been carried over. It doesn't seem like it was that important to Paul and to Luke and to Mark and, and all the other writers of the New Testament. They used Greek words to talk about God. They translated his name. The same thing with the, with the names we have today. You know, Paul's name was not Paul, right? was Paulus. And Timothy's name was not Timothy, it was Timotheus, right? Peter's name was not Peter, it was Petros. We, their, we translated their names into English. I, I can't see why there's an argument from Scripture to make a big deal about that. All right, now, question number two. Now, this one is one that really um, made me think. 
if God already knows us before we know ourselves, doesn't He know already that we're going to be person asking the question asks homosexual or I'm going to add if God already knows us before we're born doesn't he know that we're going to be a murderer that we're going to be an adulterer that we're going to cheat on our taxes that we're going to do this we're going to doesn't he know all those things the the short answer is yes (laughs) he does know all things right first uh, Samuel chapter 2 and verse 3 says that God knows all things Psalm 139 verse 1 through 6 says he knows all things Psalm 147 verse 5 says he knows all these different psalms. Let me, I'm just going to open up to uh, Psalm 147, verse 5, just since that's the last one in my list. Not that it's superior to any others or anything, but Psalm 147, verse 5. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord, there's that word Yahweh, lifts up the humble and he casts out the wicked, casts the wicked to the ground. His understanding is beyond measure. Doesn't God already know that we're going to sin? Doesn't He already know that we're not going to choose? So does that mean that He arbitrarily chooses us? No. But it does mean that He knows. In fact, it's interesting to think about. Just just think with me for just a second. Your choice to come to worship this morning was your choice. Your choice to come to worship this afternoon was your choice. Your choice, it's, it's your choice if you're going to come Wednesday night. It's your choice which road you take home. I think that the majority of us could probably take a number of different roads to get home, right? Even if you live all the way out in Smith Station, you could, you could go downtown and cross 13th Street Bridge, or you could go across J.R. Allen Bridge, right? Or you drive up to LaGrange and cross over there if you want. Why? Pause. Why does a place like Columbus only have like five places to cross this river? Anyways. It's so hard to get across this river. All right, anyways. So, relatively speaking, okay, I lived in Memphis, and there's one bridge across the river, so anyways. But he knows every choice you made. He knows every choice you could have made. He knows every ramification of the choice you could have made. Even smaller things like Did you decide to pass someone on the street on your way here this morning? If so, he's already gamed out what it would have looked like if you hadn't passed it, passed that person. He knows what would have happened if you hadn't passed that person. What would have happened since you did pass that person, but since you passed that person and you got over again instead of staying in the left lane like people that don't know what they're doing, right? He knows every single option that has ever happened, will ever happen, or could have ever happened. That's how big his knowledge is. We say he's all-knowing, and we think of that as he knows what you're thinking right now. Yep, but he also knows what would have happened if you thought something different. That's how amazing his knowledge is. Now, does he know if we're going to be homosexual, or if we're going to be a murderer, or if we're going to take in some other sin? Yes. The interesting thing to me is he also knows what it would have been like if I was never born. I made a joke at lunch. I don't think anybody got my joke. I joke about it, but it's not really a joke at the same time. And that is, I have three brothers that none of them survived utero. 
But I, I have three brothers. They're just waiting in heaven when I get there. He knows what it was like if he's already gained out the plan if they live and I don't. Or if one of them does and I do. He's, he's thought of all that. He's thought of every choice that could have ever existed, did ever exist, will ever exist, and he's gained out everything. The, the issue is that doesn't have any bearing on our choice. Right? We think, we think about choice as... What if God wants me to do this? What if God's plan for... Y'all ever heard this? What if God's plan for my life is blank? What if I don't meet that plan? He's already thought about that. He's already gamed it out. He already knows what's going to happen. What if I never became a Christian? He already knows. But it was my choice to become a Christian. And I chose to become a Christian. So, yes, just because He knows... Before we're born, he also knows all of the other options. And that still did not take away the free will that he gave us. Our free will doesn't limit his knowledge. It doesn't limit his ability at all. In fact, in my opinion, our free will, the ability that I can choose to drop this or not, and I have the free will to choose shows his knowledge and his ability even more. My choice to come to worship shows his knowledge and ability even more so. It doesn't limit his knowledge. It makes it even bigger in my mind because he knows what it would have been like if I didn't choose to come to worship or if I didn't choose to do this. Or what if I, choose to, what if I chose to preach a different sermon this morning? He knows. So that's, that's the amazing like immensity, if you want to use that word, the immensity that's the knowledge of God. So, if God already knows what we'll be, doesn't He already know that we'll be a sinner? Yep. But He knew that anyways. He, you know, he, didn't, he didn't have to game out very far that a man or a woman would be born. They'd reach an age of accountability, and at that age of accountability, they'd still choose to do the wrong thing. That doesn't take a lot of knowledge. <laughs> doesn't take a lot of work to know Yes, they'll do that. And that doesn't limit him. It actually shows his power and shows his knowledge more than anything. So, All right, those are the two questions that we got asked this week or this month. I'm glad it was only two because that, that was a little longer than we usually go. But hopefully uh, it was interesting to you and hopefully they helped you or will help you if you ask those questions and so forth. Um, don't forget, next month we'll do the same thing. Ask your question and put it in the Q&A box. If there's someone here that needs to respond to the invitation by baptism or by repentance, um, then please let us know while we do that as we stand and sing.